The Poorly Made Police podcast is for entertainment purposes only. This podcast has explicit content and is meant for mature audience. The views expressed on this poorly made podcast reflect the opinions of the guest and host. They do not reflect the opinion of any department or entity. Nothing on this poorly made podcast should be construed as legal or marital advice. If something offends you, I kindly invite you to lighten the fuck up. If you want to support this very poorly made podcast, click the link at the end of the description and become a monthly sponsor of the podcast. Or buy yourself some nice poorly made police memes merch. Not only does it look good on you, it's also a favorite of wives, exes, children, nurses, nuns, IA investigators, defense attorneys, and the chief. And of course, take care of the fine sponsors of this podcast. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy the orgasmic sound of a Crown Vic. To a bigger, better, more awesome season of the Poorly Made Police Memes podcast. I'm just kidding. It's exactly the same. You'll be okay. How the hell are you guys? Uh, welcome to season two. We're going to start it out with a bang. I've got an episode I wanted to do for a long time is the Police Husbands episode where we talk to a couple where the guy in the relationship's not a cop, never been a cop, doesn't want to be a cop. A very interesting perspective. A really fun episode. The couple was awesome. So, but before we get into the podcast, I got to give thanks to the uh, sponsor of this podcast that makes all your Sunday podcasts possible. And that's officerprivacy.com. The war on cops isn't over. Uh, it's evident enough that over the past, I mean, look at it. We get so many line of duty deaths, so many reports of officers shot. It's, I mean, the beginning of the year has been terrible. And just because all this bad stuff's happening to cops doesn't mean the people that don't like cops are going to stop doing what they do, which is trying to dox officers and show up at their house and do all that kind of stuff. That's why officer privacy is so important. If you're involved in anything and the department puts your name out there, all anybody has to do is put in your name where you live and all these search sites come up with all your personal information. But what you can do is remove this information off these people's search sites and take your privacy back. And... Here's what OfficerPrivacy.com does for you. They have two ways they can help. You can do it yourself, a custom, easy-to-use software program. You can navigate through the top 50 people search sites and delete your information. Officer Privacy has instructions for each and every site and a simple way to keep track of it all. They provide their software free for 14 days. Plenty of time to go through and delete your information. Plenty of time to go through and remove your information. Or sign up for the premium service. OfficerPrivacy.com does everything for you. You sign up, and OfficerPrivacy.com staff of current and former U.S.-based law enforcement officers will remove your information from the top 50 people search sites. They don't, and then they monitor those sites, and if you show up again, they remove you again. Simple as that. So do yourself a favor, protect your privacy, take your privacy back, OfficerPrivacy.com. All right, very quick note before we get into the podcast. I'm This season, one of the things I wanted to change, actually change, was I have a tendency to ramble begin before the podcast and I'd rather you guys get to the podcast. So if you want to listen to me ramble, if I have anything to say, it'll be at the end of the podcast. So I got a couple things to uh, update you guys on. So look for that at the very end of this podcast, but 
Let's get to our band with a law enforcement member. And that appears to be Seth Mills. Seth Mills is a uh, police officer in the Nashville area. You can find him on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, all that good stuff. So let's uh, check out a little tune from Seth Mills, and we'll be right back with the Media Podcast. All right, and the moment you've been waiting for, welcome to Season 2, Episode 1 of the Very Poorly Made Police Memes Podcast. My name is Lenny, and I had some really detailed notes, and I closed my Word document, and I'm not ready now. In the prior season, we had this uh, a couple of discussions with police wives, and I had a lot of requests from people saying, hey, do a police husband's podcast. Well, it was hard to find anybody that was willing to do it, but uh, in a moment, I will introduce you to Jackie and Bob. And uh, Bob was gracious, gracious, gracious enough. There we go. Gracious enough to uh, come on the podcast and explain things. But before we uh, introduce ourselves to them, I I feel bad for the gals because it's kind of hard to find a dude. I think that's just my perception. When I was on the police department and granted, I don't know the ins and outs of everyone's love life, but I saw a lot of single gals on the department that were single the time they entered and single the time they left. And, you know, sometimes you'd see, you know, younger rookies marrying senior cops that were already married. And sometimes, you you know, I would just frequently see these girls that were my friends just had a hard time finding a dude uh, outside of law enforcement or just because of being a female cop and it's quote unquote, a masculine type job. And so I think this is a really interesting topic and uh, I hope that it's, it's helpful to some people to uh, maybe learn the ins and outs about uh, these folks relationship and hopefully it can be helpful and we make some dumb jokes along the way. So all that being said, Bob, Jackie, how are you guys? I'm great. Howdy. Now um, this is a little weird because you guys are in the same house, but in different rooms. So I will, I'll try my best to manage it, but I am a, I'm a shitty podcaster. So I don't know how well we're going to do, but Let's uh let's start out with uh you Bob. So, what kind of work are you in? What kind of stuff do you do? The I guess the best way you could describe it is compliance. But if you were to watch the movie Office Space, it is pretty office spacey, just not in the technology realm. But pretty much anything you can think of as a desk jockey that occurs on a daily basis, that's pretty much what I do. Okay, so there's lots of TPS reports and cases of the Mondays where you work. Um, I would I would assume so. I mean, it's um, I don't I don't do the TPS type reports, but it's um, there's a lot of mono, uh, monotony. I almost said monogamy, which would be weird too. Um, <laughs> there's a lot of monotony, um, and you know, it's kind of the same thing every day. Um, the specific role I have tends to be a little bit more project based, which is nice, but um, 
any any corporate job you can think of, that's pretty much uh, what I do. Okay, so I got to be honest here. We, we have to dive into the TPS reports for a second, which is totally unrelated to anything we're going to do here. But I thought that was just a term that they came up with for the movie. That's a TPS report is an actual thing. Not that I know of. I mean, maybe it is. I'm, I'm assuming oh. it's something IT related because that's what the movie's about. But uh, I couldn't tell you. Okay. Now, one final question about your job. You do have a red stapler, correct? Uh, it's a swing line. Um, I, I have not painted it red. Uh, however, lighting the office on fire, you know, may or may not be, you know, something in the future. But since this is a cop podcast, I don't want to incriminate myself with any thoughts. First off, uh, there's no other brand but Swingline. You're kidding yourself if you go any other way. And secondly, yeah, maybe maybe keep that one on the down low. Jackie, let's uh, learn a little bit about you. So how long have you been a cop for? It'll be four years this June. So not too long, but long enough. That's what she said. Um, <laughs> you guys, correct me if I'm wrong, but or how long have you guys been married for? It'll be eight years this August. Okay, so you We've were... been together 15, though, with time served. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I feel like time served, beautiful. You're going to fit in really good here, Bob. You guys, so you, you guys have been together for a really long time. Are you guys like high school sweethearts? You guys sound young. Well, not you, Bob. You sound old as shit, but Jackie, you sound young. <laughs> No, so we met in college um, and we just kind of kept it going. We moved, we had different jobs. We moved, we went to grad school um, and then we moved again and we just kind of kept it going. And then finally we thought it was time to get married. I mean, uh, after 15 years, that much time in, I mean, you might as well, I suppose. Right. Yeah. So it's, I'm, I'm, I will say I am very much a champion of taking your time to figure it out, which is something that cops are not good at doing. Like they meet someone and they're like, I'm ready to get married tomorrow. Holy like, shit. You are absolutely fucking right. It blows my mind. I, I'm like, Hey, pump the brakes, cowboy. Like this, you don't need to do that. And then like two years later, they're like, oh shit. It's, She's taken my pension. <laughs> I've seen many of relationships fizzle and burn like that. Unfortunately, I, I'm like you guys where uh, we were married before I became a cop. We were together long before I was a cop too. So Jackie, what did you do before you got into law enforcement? What kind of work did you do? So a little funny story. Uh, Bob and I used to work together. Um, that obviously wasn't how we met, but we worked in government, um, doing similar stuff to what Bob currently does now with compliance. And I absolutely hated that job. And, um, it wasn't until like my late twenties that I figured it out on what I wanted to do. And I wanted something more purposeful. And that's why I jumped ship and went to law enforcement for better, for worse. Um, I will say I still like it. <laughs> Um, I get asked that a lot. And then prior to that, I was working in, um, like a health, a government health organization. And I really hated that. So I had a lot of hating my life for like the first 
good segment of my twenties when it came to my professional life. Okay. What, what was the draw to law enforcement? I had a family member who was also female, um, enter the police Academy from a very different profession. She was in the beauty industry. And I was like, wait, pump the brakes. Hold on. Like if she can do this, why can't I? And then um, as part of my role in government and looking at compliance stuff, I had the opportunity to meet with some law enforcement organizations um, and had some really cool experiences with people in those and kind of got to know some of the women. And I was like, oh yeah, like I could definitely do this. I think part of my initial um, perception of law enforcement is that you had to be prior military or you had to know somebody. And so I honestly, I didn't really know what I was doing other than um, backstory on Bob and I, we met in college, yes, but we met on an athletic team together. So I, fitness is a part of my life and I was in really good shape. I still am in good shape. And so um, because of that, I was like, oh, hell yeah, I can do this. So that's kind of where it went. Let's be honest, Jackie, you're also, uh pretty good rule follower and uh you wanted to do something in that realm as well a yeah. rule follower <laughs> i think where he's going like i would never like when when people would break rule obviously when people break laws i'm like i don't understand like why don't they get in trouble i have a huge problem with people not being held accountable so i needed that part of my life to be in, in my professional life i need that itch to be scratched i wanted to hold people accountable so well, I don't know if Bob was throwing some shade there, but he said the rule follower. And I, my first thought was, well, dude, you're in compliance, right? Isn't that a rule following type job? Uh, right. But he. Well, it's, you got to you got to take two. There's two methodologies for it. There's compliance people who are really into making sure everyone's following the rules. And then there's compliance people that are trying to make sure we are in compliance so we don't get in trouble, but particularly don't really care about the rules or not. So the ends justify the means. I mean, that makes me sound like a Batman villain. I'd say it's more like, um, you know, I, you see a lot of people doing work and working as hard as they can. And a lot of people in compliance are, whether they try to be or not, really like creating a lot more work for people by trying to figure out what everyone's doing wrong. And my whole goal is to make everyone's life easier. I wish there was some police administrators like that, but that's a topic for another day. Yeah, so Bob, when Jackie got into law enforcement, what was your initial thought? Well, I'll kind of give you the play by play. So Jackie was on her third job that she hated. Um, she kept running into people who didn't do their job and weren't accountable. And so uh, she'd been toiling away in this job for six, eight months, being miserable. She hated her boss, hated everything that was kind of going on in her life, which if there's anyone who's been married to a woman, that tends to make your home life also miserable. I believe uh, there's a so saying. I basic, uh, happy wife, happy that, life. Happy spouse. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm trying to be politically appropriate, Jackie. You don't um, have to do that here. So, I know, I'm, uh, the, the state we live in, unfortunately. Um, oh, I gotcha. So, 
basically she came home and was like, hey, you know, she'd just done this project where she had gotten, as she mentioned, to interface with a lot of law enforcement and females in particular. She said, hey, I think I want to be a cop. And at that point, I was like, great. I hope I hope you do it. Here's a couple ground rules. One, you're not going. We live kind of outside of a big blue city area. And I said, you're not working down where the communists are because you're going to be miserable again. Bob, uh, I, I don't love need you. you coming I just home. want you to know that. <laughs> well, and the other thing is I didn't want her coming home, chain smoking, you know, some Marlboro Reds every night talking about the dregs of humanity she had to run on two on her calls. So I said, you're going to work in an area that the people are going to appreciate what you're doing, or at least not be, this was all pre, you know, the last two or three years, George Floyd and all the rest of it. But you live or you see the communists long enough, you know, kind of how they're going to be. So, you know, I said, this is going to be, if this is really what you want to do, this will hopefully be your last job change. And you're going to work in an area that is going to be more pro law enforcement. You know, hopefully you can find a job where they'll pay for your academy um, because where we are, I guess not all academies are built the same across the country, but the ones out here are like six months to a year. And so I was like, it's kind of a, a long time to not be getting paid and also be paying for what you're doing. So but that was really my only thoughts on the matter, as long as she was not going to be miserable in her current job and knowing her as long as I have, it, it kind of made sense in a lot of ways. She'd be active, she'd be on her feet and she'd be, you know, doing something where she felt like she was making some kind of a difference and she could earn a living not managing people, which is also something she'd indicated to me very early on in her professional career. Um, you know, the other thing about Jackie is she gets along much better with guys than women. Uh, having been on an athletic team with her, she had more friends on the guy's side than the girl's side. And, you know, for as long as I've known her, she's gotten along much better with men because she, um, to her credit, and one of the things I love about her is um, she's not super serious about stuff. I mean, she's a serious person, but she doesn't take things seriously. She can take jokes. She likes you know, uh, making fun of people as much as and taking it to like champ. So uh, I thought that would probably be a better fit for her in terms of environment where she could uh, make fun of other guys because they appreciate that. And, and they'll, you know, give her a little ribbing back and she will come home happier than dealing with a bunch of women who, um, you know, it looks like a real housewives show, except... <laughs> It's not funny and it's not, you know, rich women. So, you know, it's hard to laugh at because you got to deal with it every day. Holy shit. I can see why you married this guy. Holy fuck. I like him already. Yeah, he's, he's not wrong. <laughs> All right. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back to the podcast. I want to talk to you about my buddy Brad Williams over at Police Fit. You guys see him on the page every single Monday on Poorly Made Police Memes. Brad's going to help the new applicants and active officers smash their fitness and regain their health. Brad has 11 years experience in the fitness industry, 17 years in the military, and is also a first responder. He's going to share his experience and expertise to help applicants get their dream job and help active first responders regain their health. That's Police Fit, and I'll have a link for you on the podcast description. Back to the podcast. 
let me ask you this, Bob, and not to be weird about it, but there's, you know, the jokes that come out is like, you know, she likes hanging out with dudes, right? And then I'll, I'll throw the other side of it. And, and this kind of plays into some of the questions I got because people are pieces of shit. But uh, <laughs> there's the, how do I articulate this? I, I'll just say it how it is. Um, as a guy, I think you know, and I know, like there's some dudes, like all guys are a piece of shit. It's just a matter of how much we control that. Uh, some guys do not control being a piece of shit at all, while others are, are very good at, you know, they, they're a piece of shit, but they can act like a decent human being, which I think I can do okay. And it sounds like you can do too. Does that make you nervous, you know, that she is in that environment with a bunch of dudes that sometimes don't know how to act? Well, I mean, first of all, she hung out with a lot of my friends who don't necessarily know how to act either. Um, not, not to say that there wouldn't be some worse people, you know, in law enforcement, I don't know. But for the most part, um, I've never really had a problem with that. Like, as, as long as I've known Jackie, she's mostly hung out with dudes at various points. Now, a lot of times I knew who they were because they were either on my team or they were my friends, too. So it didn't really matter. Um, but to be quite honest, we'd been dating so long and I, we were even married by the time that he uh, decided to be a law enforcement officer. Um, that was so far from my mind in terms of, you know, whether I'm sure there's some questions about like all the off duty sex going on with women and law enforcement or whatever. There's a lot of guys. Are you afraid your, your wife is going to be, you know, Will Smith's wife, um, <laughs> you know, whatever running around. But, um, you know, I've known Jackie long enough to know like, Hey, she's not that kind of person. And B, if anyone out there is also married, you know, um, some of the physical areas that cops often run into when you're married, uh, you know, it's hard enough just dealing with kids and paying bills and stuff. And my wife is a very focused person, so there was never any concern there. Um, you know, for me, it was more about was she going to be not miserable anymore so I could go back to like relaxing in the evening when I'm done with work. How refreshing is it? Uh, and I'm, I'm speaking for the millions of people that listen to this podcast that people can trust each other, which I, after I, I, I posed my question, Jackie, I felt like a dick because I didn't want that to sound like an indictment on you. Like, Oh, Jackie's going out and doing it, whatever. But that's, um, you know, that's just how people talk, I guess. And not, but you know what I mean? Like there's like these terrible perceptions about law enforcement and we perpetuate, I don't, but cops perpetuate that shit. I'm sure you've seen it in your time too. Absolutely. And so like, it was funny because we were talking about, well, what are the types of questions that are going to come up and on this podcast? And I was, I told Bob, I said, the number one question I always got when I was in field training or just in general, like in the academy or you know, on patrol is how does your, how does your husband feel about this? And you get those questions from two kinds of, and if they come from men, it, it, you get those questions from two kinds of men, you get them from really insecure men who are insecure about their own wives and their own relationships, or you get those questions from like your super duper old school cops who like are still envision female officers or deputies rolling around in like the skirts and God knows what, like, I, on horseback I don't know but so those are basically the two the two silos of people who I receive those questions from they're just like super old school traditional or like 
you wouldn't let your wife out of the house to even, you know, to even work. So let alone be a cop. So why, like, why would I take this question seriously? Like it's a consider the source type of, you know, question. So I don't never, I, I never really take it to heart or too seriously when I, I, I get that question. Yeah. Well, in it's a weird time period we live in. I think, uh, I, I think we're all probably about the same ish age where the older generation, you know, they're coming out of that, like, Hey, women didn't work. Women weren't cops. Right. Where, you know, we grew up in like, at least in my perception, shit was normal. Right. And now we're to this like other side is like, well, we gotta, we gotta fix all the wrongs of, you know, the past, which, but we're working on it. Like, why are we going so far? Like, crazy but that's that's a topic for another day but uh, do you feel as a a woman in law enforcement that it's different because you're a a gal or is it i'm a i'm a cop what what do you mean like well is it am i treated differently by my male peers because i'm married or well no no i'm sorry i should i should have quantified that before i asked i kind of went into a different direction but without you know the whole relationship shit we're talking about let's take that out of the picture do you think being a female cop is that like just on its own is that different from being a male cop or is it the same thing because i i feel like there's this weird segregation going on where and this is just me and i i I guess i should let you answer before i go on my rant but i i feel like there's a weird segregation of oh like it's the women cop versus the men cop and that like why can't we just be cops I don't know what your viewpoint is on that. I, I think it's, I think it's a combination of all of it. And I also think it's the, at the agency you work at, and I think it's who you work for and who you work with. Um, so I, I think it's, I think it is specific to the individual. So the way that if, if the way that I view it is if you wanted if you want to be treated differently because you're a female, you're going to look for ways to be treated differently. You're going to look for opportunities to you know either do less or maybe do more or you know silo yourself to certain work that is typically reserved for more you know feminine roles in law enforcement whether that's going to be you know um like a lot of women end up working you know in in mental health or uh you know crisis negotiation type units um and, and that's there's nothing bad about that but like if you if you silo yourself to that, then, then that's where you'll be. Um, I, I, I don't really have an opinion either way, but what I, maybe what you're, I think might be getting at is like, it is poorly made. So help me out. (laughs) So I would say like on patrol, let's say, and I'm, let's say I'm the only woman on my patrol team. Um, and, and, and there's a fight. Do I, I, a, the, the woman should always jump in regardless. Anybody should jump in regardless. I've seen men not jump in fights, but like, do the guys treat me any different? No. And should they? No. Does the public treat me different? Sometimes, but like, it depends on, you know, the day, the time, the meth, <laughs> you know, whoever, whoever, Who cooked whoever them? is it whoever. blue meth or is it regular meth? It's, it's all of it right now. It's like, it's every color of the rainbow because According to my um, my my sources, they're cutting it with fentanyl out here. So that's the big thing at the moment. Well, I was making breaking. I was making a breaking bad joke, but oh, okay. Yeah, sorry, ill timed. Yeah, Jackie hasn't seen that. Oh, I just I just watched it. So 
I, it's still really fresh in my mind and I'm making all these references and people are like, Hey, that was like six years ago, dumbass. But, um, I, I hold the opinion and there's, there's dudes and I run across it doing, you know, on my, on the meme pages, if I post anything pro female cop, mm-hmm. the dudes come out of the fucking woodwork, like, Oh, they shouldn't do the job and blah, blah, blah. Like, like, I feel like there's dudes that just wait for that post. Like, uh, he's going to do it once every month. I'm, I'm going to be ready for it. I'm going to jump on it. And it, I, it it's, I wild. will say like, we, we don't do ourselves any favors though, sometimes because like, I mean, my agency in particular, like we've made some hires in like, since I've been working and with, with females that haven't worked out for a variety of reasons, but because it's like a medium sized agency, it plays out in front of everyone and it perpetuates a stereotype of, Oh, well, you know, she, she wasn't going to last anyway. She was weak. She didn't have her shit together. She, you know, wouldn't get in a fight or she, her command presence was dog shit, what, whatever it is. Um, we don't do ourselves any favors when we have people who really a shouldn't either be in law enforcement or be like, you know, aren't responding to training. Um, and then they, you know, perpetuate, they keep perpetuating the stereotype. So it's, I gotta be honest a, though. This, it, it's so few of us. So I think that's why we stick out more. That could be because I've seen so many dudes come into the job that were, that shouldn't be there either. I, I look at it as I don't give a shit, anything about you, white, black, Hispanic, you know, purple hair, blue hair, five foot two, six foot 11, uh, male, female, whatever you can do it or you can't. Right. And, and that's kind of the way I've always looked at it. And the, the whole female stereotype, and I can only speak to my personal experience where I worked on, I I've been told it's a mid-sized department. I thought it was pretty big when I worked there is it was, I saw a ton of guys come in at our total fucking shit sandwiches. Yeah. A few girls did for sure. Like for sure. But to me, I never saw like, Oh, it's always the girls come in and fucking up. I mean, to me, it was pretty equal, but I, I think sometimes people just put that focus on it. And I think, I don't know. I feel like sometimes people feel like they have something to prove too, which doesn't help either. Um, I, I think there's, a, you kind of opened Pandora's box there with hiring. I think they're, <laughs> yeah. they're hiring different people now than they were even a couple of years ago. And I think that's going to, I personally think that's going to be problematic, but we'll see how that plays out because it's not necessarily a male or female thing. It's a type of person you're hiring. Absolutely. If, are you, are you going to hire somebody that can handle business? I think you can hire somebody that handles business and can kick ass, but is also not a fucking robot. But I think I'm getting off topic from all of this, but um, to kind of, to circle back, as they say, when I, when I put this uh, up here a couple of weeks ago, I said, Hey, I'm looking for a, you know, a female cop and her, her husband, that's not a cop to come on the podcast. I, I'm not kidding. I got five or six messages that came back that said, you mean a cuck? And that just, it just kind of, and I get they're being funny and they're messaging a meme page, but mm-hmm. it's, it kind of just perpetuates that stereotype. And I think honestly, like you're, you're setting up female officers for failure. If that's like kind of how you think of how that is for a female officer. And don't get me wrong. I saw that shit. I saw guys that would lie about, Oh, I'm not married. And they'd have sex with the newer female officer and say, Oh, well, I got back together with my wife, all kinds of crazy shit. And when dudes did that, it fucking ruined this rookie, ruined this rookie. I mean, you're setting them up for failure right there. I guess what I'm just 
putting out there is don't be a piece of shit, man. Just if let somebody prove themselves, they can do the job or they can't do the job. And just because it's a chick doesn't mean that she's getting railroaded by the whole entire department. I guess that's, that's the message I wanted to throw out there is give people a fucking fair shake. Right. And I agree with that. And I would say like to further expand on that, if you're a chicken, you're going into a department, you, you set boundaries early on of what, you know, what you will and will not, you know, allow in terms of how people talk to you and behavior wise. And, you know, if a guy comes on you, how are you going to handle that? Um, I, I'm, and I think that Bob can probably attest to this. I'm someone who doesn't take a lot of shit. So if, if, if I had a guy from my department, you know, coming on to me, they're definitely barking up the wrong tree. So. Well, let me ask you, cause now we're going to be weird about it. Okay. Uh, to give advice for, cause I'm, I don't know you. I've never talked to you except for two seconds. Um, but you and Bob seem like you guys are pretty fucking squared away. If you're a female officer and you got some guy barking up the wrong tree, so to speak, single or married or whatever, how do you handle that situation without it being a fucking train wreck and awkward at, at the department? Oh. Um, Where am I putting you on the spot? <laughs> um, I, I mean, to, because to be honest, it's, it's never happened to me at my department. And I mean, I would go. That's probably I, a good thing. To be honest, like that dudes respect you like that. I also I also work at a pretty I, I work at a pretty squared away department. We don't have a lot of dudes running around, you know, having affairs. Most of the people at my department are happily married with families. Um, we have very few truly single folks. Um, so it, we're kind of a unicorn department, um, and it's it's a great place to work. Um, but as far as like if somebody were to, it would probably it would. I would likely make it very uncomfortable for them. And like, I mean, if they were to touch me somewhere, you know, like playing grab ass, I'd be like, oh, you probably shouldn't do that again. And I would make it public, you know, if this was like in a report writing area or like, you know, on a call for service, like you have to call the behavior out right when it happens. Because if you don't and you let it fester, then you're allowing the person's behavior to continue because what you will allow will continue. You know, and I, I gotta be honest, I've, at least in my department, I've never seen like the, you know, the 1950s Mad Men, you know, mm -hmm. scene going on in the department. Like I, I haven't seen guys, you know, doing the grab ass thing, at least in public or anything like that. Mm -hmm. Who knows what happens otherwise. So I hope that we're at a point in our society that fucking cops, grown cops with badge and gun aren't doing like the workplace harassment shit, but who knows. Right. Now, Bob, yeah. now, you know, you're four years into it has her being a cop changed the marriage at all or is everything pretty much the same um she's getting better sleep uh ironically and she is happier so i would say it's made things easier at our house um you know she was able to take a fair amount of time off for maternity leave which was great for me because that was like right in the heart of covid and i was working like 12 hours a day uh upstairs so that worked out real well. Um, other than that, not really. I mean, if you were to run into any of our college friends, they would be the first to tell you, like, we could not see them for eight years. And they'd be like, you guys haven't changed one fucking bit. And I'd be like, I don't know if that's a good or bad thing, but all right. I mean, relatively speaking, I don't think it has. If anything, it just it makes it easier, you know, depending upon the shift. 
that she chooses to figure out who has the kid when and, and what's going on with it. Cause I'm fairly flexible with when I can work and obviously shift work is not, which is one of the many reasons I hate it, but you know, all things considered, you know, it's been, I mean, not, it's been a net positive, I guess, but it, to me, it's just been, she just chose another profession and you kind of figure it out. So this is, this is actually based on one of the Instagram questions. We'll get to those in a minute, but I, I think probably the next logical question to ask is, do, do you have any anxiety or does it bug you when she's at work? Or are you ever worried about her? I mean, I could lie and say like, oh, I'm terrified and be a fainting couch person. But one, again, like she's not working in commie stand down the road. Uh, so like the likelihood of that, you know, everything's risk reduction. Nothing's ever risk free. You know, I used to run a program. It was like the ladder of risk. So like the more of certain things you do, the higher risk you're at, obviously the higher you climb up the ladder, the riskier it gets. So like, yeah, if you're working commie stand and you're not allowed to do anything and you can't draw your gun and blah, blah, blah. And there's a bunch of crazy people drinking or eating blue meth and red meth and making purple meth and running around thinking they're talking to mailboxes. Yeah, sure. I'd probably be more worried, but, uh, the area we live isn't, I mean, it's got its problems and there's definitely random stuff that happens, but I mean, honestly, though, if you ever saw the way people drive around here, she's just as likely to get hit commuting 30 minutes as she is, you know, some crazy doing something crazy at a random place at a random time. Um, so, I mean, there's certain days where, you know, maybe I won't hear from her for a while if I text her something or, you know, she says she's going to be home on time, but maybe I don't hear from her for a while that, you know, maybe something happened. But, you know, I've gotten to know her people there pretty well, be it bosses or coworkers. And, you know, so I know if something major were to happen, I would find out immediately because um, they have my number. And I mean, like half the time it's like her, she got injured a few years ago trying to jump off a retaining wall of like 12 feet high in the pitch black. And I had uh, like a sports tournament going on the next day. And so I was like, all right, well, you have a sprained ankle. I'll see you when you get home. Like I'm not running to the hospital at one in the morning just because you have a sprained ankle. So also like, I guess maybe I'm not as sensitive as I should be, but uh, <laughs> you know, it's, at the same time, it's, you know, anything can happen, especially with as nutty as everybody's been over the last five years, you know, so I, I factor everything in as like, it's probably just as likely that something horrible could happen driving around here or, you know, pick a more dangerous activity uh, as it is that, you know, she could get hurt on the job. Fair enough. All right, let's take a quick second to hear from the fine people over at Refuge Medical. Refuge Medical, made in America, guaranteed forever. They've got individual first aid kits, multi-casualty first aid kits, vehicle first aid kits, basic first aid kits. They got all the components you need, and they have training. These guys have 33 confirmed life saved, including two dozen officers in the last two years. 
They use North American rescue components. They've been deployed on four continents with all the branches of the U.S. military. They exceed what your department is issuing, and it's designed to work with the Marchi algorithm. Find all this great stuff over at www.refugemedical.com. Use promo code PMPM for free shipping on all orders. Go check these guys out. Now back to the show. Now, I, I want to jump into another topic that I didn't prepare for, and I... I'm trying to make sense of this without being weird about it, but I'm weird. So here we are. Um, <laughs> gender roles, which I, I know there's questions in there. I'm not going to even fucking ask them where somebody's going to be like, Hey, who wears the pants in the, the relationship? I, I don't know if you guys are, maybe this is like a new new school thing, but I I'm kind of of the belief that you're married. It's a partnership. I, the way I look at it is, uh, there's certain things where like I probably should be making decision and there's certain things where she should be making a decision and we kind of work in unison. And I, I get the whole like caveman, like, Hey, the protector thing and all. Oh, okay, fine. Great. But I mean, what, what are your guys' thoughts on like the quote unquote, the pants and the relationship? Are you guys kind of deal with things the same way I do, or do you guys have a different system? Well, let me say a couple things here. Cause I think, from what it sounds like, there's probably a lot of questions and or comments around that. And, and so my, the first thing I want to say is I hate pants, so I don't want to wear <laughs> pants. If I can wear shorts the rest of my life, I'll be good. Good man. Um, but more importantly, um, I guess something I, I first learned this was a thing when we, uh, Jackie was going through backgrounds and um, the guy doing the backgrounds was like, you know, hey, is this weird for you? Because there's, you know, most women in law enforcement that are married are married to other cops. And so they, he was like asking questions about how I felt about it and stuff. And I, I thought I didn't really think much of it at the time, but I guess those questions pop up a lot. So that the fact that people think that is kind of weird to me and maybe I'm just the weird one. So I guess I'll fit in well with with you because um, I'm a pretty weird guy. I've never looked at a cop or a firefighter or military guy as like a manly deal. Hold or on. Something that Are you is serious? like masculine. Wow. Yeah. I just, I mean, I haven't thought of it one way or the other. I mean, it's not like we had a bunch of lady cops growing up, I guess, if I look at it in hindsight, but I also know, I mean, most of the cops when I grew up were, would just sit, they were like Burbank cops. They just sit, you know, every three blocks on a highway and write chicken shit tickets all day. So, and like, you know, I grew up in an area that wasn't super violent or anything. So I guess that was, you know, probably a decent gig, but I haven't, I haven't been like super pro cop or super anti cop, you know, my whole life, but I've also never thought I wasn't a kid that was like, Hey, I want to grow up to be a cop or a firefighter or whatever. I wanted to be a Ninja turtle, uh, which, <laughs> You know, I guess I could do now uh, if I petitioned the state hard enough uh, to become a turtle. But um, I guess I've never. Hey, wait a second. Who's your favorite Ninja like, Turtle? Who's your favorite Ninja Turtle? Uh, you know, when I was growing up and was super moody, it was Raphael. But I think I yeah. probably identify with Michelangelo uh, now. Raphael um, for life. Well, I'm not as moody anymore because I'm not a teenager. So um, I, I have know, an I, outgrown. I identify with eating pizza and drinking beer so hell yeah brother but yes Raphael is great sorry i completely well, listen, if what you, you want to do another bit on ninja turtles we can hold that till the end i could go off for another two hours on that <laughs> um but ultimately like um 
you know, I'm sure there are, as you said, there were guys that were like, oh, a cuck or whatever, which makes me think they don't understand what cuck means uh, or their only interaction with women are, is like prostitutes or something. Um, because not all women go around having sex with dudes, believe it or not. Um, but, you know, more importantly, like, I guess I grew up, my dad wasn't a real big guy or a real strong guy. Um, he wouldn't fit what you would call like the traditional masculinity deal, but he, he worked from home. He was a kind of a real quiet guy. Um, but everyone in the community loved him. I mean, when he died, there were probably like 500 people at his funeral. And um, he was loved by his family. He was loved by his friends. And he basically, he, I mean, he made most of the meals for us. I can probably think of maybe five times my mother cooked dinner because she was the one working um, for the most part. I mean, my dad worked from home, but she went back to school and was probably making more money by the time I was in high school than he was. Um, so for me, it's never really been that different. I guess you could say. So there would probably be some guys that would look at, you know, the fact that she's in the more traditional male role and I'm in the more, you could call it female type role where I just work in an office. Um, and I, you know, I'll pack her, I've been packing her lunches since I was working from home in grad school 10 or 12 years ago, cause she was working shift work again back then. Um, but at the same time, you know, uh, I make plenty, I make decent money. You know, I'm, I'm here. We have at least one parent home with the kid almost the entire time. Um, and I do some things that you would call masculine, I guess. But um, I don't really think in that term, like, you know, we, she is very driven in what she does. She's very focused on what she wants. And I'm kind of more uh, laid back and, and able to just kind of move around and be flexible based upon what's going on. So I think, you know, for me, the biggest thing is, the thing I appreciate about her and, and love is that she's an ass kicker and um, she, is, she communicates clearly, you know, she, she will tell you exactly what's on her mind. Now that is a wants, fucking unicorn. And that makes things, well, that makes things a lot easier because I don't have to play 20 questions guessing whatever the hell's on her mind. Now that's for better or for worse. I mean, there's a lot of times I don't want to know what's on her mind, but she's going to tell me anyways. <laughs> um, but, you know, at the end of the day, it's, you know, I, I don't understand. I mean, I guess I understand it a little bit, but like, just because it's a, there's traditionally been mostly guys or only guys in that role um, doesn't that never really plays a factor to me or I don't really care about it because I don't I don't view being a cop as a masculine deal. Um, I I honestly view cops in terms of like are you siding with you know after the COVID bullshit are we you know siding with cracking down more on people or are we actually into like serving and protecting the community? And I, I feel the agency she works for does that. And that's why I enjoy her working there and maybe not some of the other commie stand places who focus on the wrong things. Well fucking stated, man. Yeah. I, I think me and you probably have some similar viewpoints on, on the world. 
Um, well, let's get into the fun stuff about uh, what the DGENs on Instagram and Facebook got, and uh, we'll kind of go from there. The first question that's on here is, Bob, do you let Jackie practice arrest control takedowns and handcuffing you? <laughs> um, I think she she probably tried it a couple times when she was going through the academy. Um, she would have all of the people over and they just go upstairs, um, which was nice for me because that basically like before children, I was basically a bachelor half the week. So I could go to the gym or play sports or go drinking with some friends. And it didn't matter because she was either studying for the academy or working. Um, so that was actually, you know, pretty relaxing. Um, but I did maybe a couple times, at least, uh, Jackie. He wasn't very compliant. He doesn't, oh, I gotta no. be honest, man. No, he, he marches not. to the beat of his own drum. So I could see him being like, why, what I got to do this? Cause I'm fucking yeah. practicing. Yeah. Like, and it would, drives her nuts. Yeah. I would do like, you know, like a standing modified search or like, you know, some like arm bar takedown and he'd like wouldn't go with the program and i'm like this is stupid I'm a wait a second jackie did you say standing modified are you a koga bot so uh, no uh, i thought <laughs> they, i found they, a koga bot so they initially started with teaching koga where i attended the academy and then they transitioned to like more ground fighting slash like more modern police detac techniques i um, i like koga but koga definitely has its downfall dude sure. three from the ring i know all about it so. dude i fucking <laughs> just talked about three from the ring on my last podcast with popo medic and i was talking about how awesome it was i didn't name it three from the ring but i was like dude three from the ring is awesome i go around three from the ringing people all the time just like for fun just to be a weirdo so but uh, no yeah. most people most people don't know what i'm doing unless you're like you know an elder an elder cop so god i wonder if i could still do it i actually i'm looking at my koga baton right now it's beautiful i love it <laughs> i should tell the story about how i acquired it someday but that's a story from a different day um you guys mentioned shift work a little bit i don't know how your department does it but when you're on nights, Jackie, does that cause any problems or, but because Bob's so flexible, it hasn't been like a huge deal. So since I've been, so since I've become a mom, um, I've stayed on the same. So we, we shift bid at my agency and okay. I have enough seniority to basically bid for any shift that I want on patrol. Um, and the days that I get, so the shifts are also day dependent. Um, so I work a shift that is from, uh, 11 a.m. to 10 p.m. So it's like the most, it, it resembles the most similar to like a nine to five. Like I can see my kid in the morning. Um, he's usually a in bed by the time I get home. Um, but like, I would say it's the most normal schedule. So like the only times I'm getting held over are like if we're short staffed or, you know, I got, I caught a late case or it's something big or we're working like a critical incident, something like that. Um, but it usually, usually doesn't affect us too much with nights and like sleeping and things of that nature. I think the night thing, I, I feel bad for single cops, males and females, because if you're somewhere where you're stuck on nights and there are some places still where you, yeah. you know, you're stuck on nights because you have no seniority for years. 
how, right. how can you have a normal life? That sucks. But that's like, not when, police work only. That's other jobs too. Right. When I initially started on patrol, I was on graveyard for, I would say about my first year. And um, at the time, it was also pre-COVID. So at the time we were just basically like ships passing in the night. Like I would, I'd get home, he'd be getting ready to go to work. He'd go to work and um, by the time he's getting ready to come home, I'd be heading to the gym or we would end up meeting at the gym and then I'd go to work from the gym. So it, 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 it would Graveyard kind of was actually easier though than uh, swings. Swing shift was the killer because you get awesome. home while I was sleeping and then you leave while the work. Yeah. Yeah. Swings for me was my, probably my favorite shift. But the family life and relationship wise, I, I mean, I didn't see anybody. I love being at work, but I didn't see anybody. That's definitely a downfall of swings. Yeah. And thinking about being like a, if I, like, if I were to be a single female and I were graveyard. Yeah. Like, unless I was meeting somebody that worked shift work as well. Like it's pretty, it would be pretty tough to meet someone. Well, there's a lot of eligible guys out uh, on the street, you know, at two in the morning. <laughs> there are. you run into. Yeah. And they're. They're hard workers too, for sure. Yeah, they're <laughs> very motivated. Yeah, definitely. All right, so this one, this one's weird, but we're going there because it's funny. Uh, part one, you know what? I'm going to go with part two first, and then we'll work into part one. Part okay. two, who was attracted to who first? <laughs> oh, that was me. I was attracted to him first. <laughs> okay. Did you ask um, him out or did he ask you out? So the way it went, um, so like I mentioned, we met and I met him my freshman, he's a year older than me in school. So I, I met him my freshman year of college. He was a sophomore and we were on the same athletic team and I met him and I was like, oh my God, he's so hot. Like, I want to get to know this guy. Like he was not about it for like the entire first year. Like... And honestly, like I was, I was kind of like fucked up from it because I'm like, what am I doing wrong? Like this guy does not like me. And like, I don't, I'm not an egotistical person or anything like that, but like, I don't think I'm that bad looking. And so <laughs> I was like, damn, like I can't swing this guy. And he just wasn't going for it. And I know he had gotten out of a relationship in from high school that was like, I don't know. He didn't, he kind of like, didn't want anything to do with a relationship and girls at that point. So he wanted to go have fun, be in a fraternity, whatnot, hang out. And so he did that for the first year. And then finally, after that first year, I was like, well, fuck it. Like if he's going to, you know, ignore me, I'm going to go find someone else. So I started dating someone else and then he came back around and I don't know what it was. Um, if like he saw it and like, was like jealous or I don't know, I don't know what, what his, you guys was, have never but, talked about it. Well, like I, we've talked well, we, like all we, the time, but <laughs> so, I know how that one goes, buddy. Me. I'm still paying for shit 15 years ago too. Well, it was, it was the movie payback, but it had been building towards that anyways, but I was watching the movie payback and I kind of came to the conclusion. Cause I, I just knew I wasn't ready to date because I was super immature and i if you meet jackie um 
very fun person, but pretty intense. Like if, if she's going to race you in something, she would be the person with those things that jump out of the wheels, like in Ben Hur to like stab you. <laughs> um, so, because like she wants to win. And so I knew like, I was, you know, I liked her, but I was like, if I do this, that's like, that's it. Like I'm done for the rest of my life. I'm shutting it down. Um, so that, and this is like the area I consider time served because she doesn't consider that part of our dating you know, section, but, uh, it wasn't like I was seeing other girls. I just, you know, we were friends I, I wasn't ready for anything. So, Oh, you guys were friends with benefits. Is that what you said? It got cut out. Yeah. Like for the, for that first year. Yeah. Okay. But, but he like, wasn't willing to commit. And then you, uh, yeah. you use the old, like, well, I'm going to see somebody else. And he's like, all right, here we go. I, I wouldn't say it was that. I just, I didn't think I was ready. And then at some point I was like, well, you know, I don't know if I'm going to find someone this serious or this, you know, she's a very loyal person too, which is something I appreciate about her. Um, so at some point I just said, all right, well, you know, if, if we're going to shut her down for the rest of your life, might as well do it with, uh, with this broad. So, uh, <laughs> luckily it worked out to my advantage. Uh, there was a few rough years there in between, but, uh, I'd say it's worked out to her benefit and mine mostly hers <laughs> jackie let me ask you this so when you were like oh this guy's so hot and so awesome did he also have a monotone voice in college <laughs> so no it was actually more high-pitched and his accent was much thicker oh he's okay i see what's going on here he's suppressing the chicago yeah. Um, well, actually, what I'm trying to do is not talk very loud so it doesn't reverberate into the iPad upstairs because my problem is I talk, my family are loud talkers, all of them, and then you throw a few drinks in it and everyone's just shouting at each other, slash screaming, and not in like an angry man, like angry mode. It's just everyone's super loud. And so when I try to like keep my voice down, I guess it sounds more monotone, but usually I talk louder than I do. Okay. All right. I guess I'm just a dick then. Sorry. No, that, that's, that's the total accurate statement though. He's not lying. Okay. okay. Now part two of this, which kind of is kind of what I was getting at a little bit in my prior line of questioning. Well, not that I was getting at, but I, I guess I didn't directly ask it, but I'm going to ask each of you guys individually. Uh, this question, the same exact question, Bob, who's more dominant in the relationship? You or Jackie? I mean, uh, I guess at first blush, you would say Jackie, but it depends what you mean by dominant because Which, there's some areas it's where very I would definitely say Jackie is. And there are some areas where I'm more dominant. Uh, I, but I guess it would depend which area you're talking about. It's kind of a 55, 45 split. I gotcha. Well, this is a very broad question. It was just who's more dominant. Jackie, is that, is that, do you have the same answer to that? Or do you, yeah, I would answer? agree with that. Like, I mean, when it comes to who's going to what, like, let's say if it's about dinner, he's going to be more dominant. Like if it's, if it's, if it's about like the daily dinner at our house, if he's going to be more dominant because he's the one going to get the groceries and he's likely going to be preparing it. I hate our kitchen. So I don't cook. Um, 
that like plain and simple. Well, I can't have you cook either because your meals are for like a a mouse. Like I need something I can eat and not yeah, munch he on. Also, he, we don't like to eat the same thing. So when he cooks for me, it's very like simple stuff. I'll eat the same thing all week long. Like I don't care. Um, but like if it comes to like a purchase, um, like we're going to redo our, like we're doing a kitchen remodel that will come like, like, I'll probably be more dominant in that because I have more opinions about it. Whereas he doesn't have, it was like planning our wedding too. Like I had more opinions about. You had only, you had all opinions. I had zero opinions. Yeah. He didn't care. He just wanted to show up and drink, which was totally fine. That is but the like, best part about weddings is the drinking. But, but like, I will run into cops, you know, that I work with and they're like, oh no, I have an opinion about the nursery color in Jaden Braden Aiden's room. <laughs> and I'm like, with their, oh. leave Aiden alone. Leave Aiden alone. <laughs> sorry <laughs> but yeah but like but seriously that like they will have an opinion about that and I mean I will have more of an opinion about the the drawer pulls on my you know on the drawers I didn't my, even know what a drawer pull was dude yeah. what is a drawer pull for all of us what is that what the fuck is that it, it's a handle that you attach to a drawer t- to pull it open <laughs> a handle yeah it's a handle so not a drawer pull but a handle i mean it's 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 designed for a drawer because like a handle you could use like you know to carry a briefcase or to you know carry you know something else like a suitcase i mean a handle is a very umbrella i I know where i know where we're going here i haven't made anything how this works but but what what you guys just said is very i think typical of a lot of people like if we were going to like, we just redid the bathroom and my wife's like, what do you think of this color? I poop in here. I don't care. Yeah. I don't care what right. color it is where I poop. I, I do not care. Um, you know, what do you think of this? I don't care. Whatever you want. And that's to me, like how many other fucking guys would say that? Yeah. Okay. Well then who wears the pants? Chick does in that situation. Right. Yeah. So I think people have this like, well, actually weird lens of the world. how many guys do have a, opinions uh at least in talking with about it or sorry really? jackie i i'm never gonna get used to that um all right i i got it yeah i mean i jackie jackie will tell you like she runs into her friends all the time that have spouses or boyfriends with like opinions on the wedding opinions on the bathroom opinions on you know clothing or whatever and i i never understood that again but you know i i also don't live there so i don't really care Fair enough. Yeah. All right. This is a, it's a little more serious question, but a very good question. Bob, for you, what's your biggest concern about her on the job? Aside from like a, you know, God forbid, like a end watch, anything like that. But what's your biggest concern when she's at work? Well, I, I guess we'll go with like a, a more practical or daily concern. And then, you know, a, it's like insurance. You have your kind of daily insurance and then your catastrophic insurance. Yeah. Um, Obviously, you know, we live in an area where there's been several female cops that have been shot by random nutballs, you know, just being nutballs. And a lot. Um, Like knowing that area a lot. It's crazy. So, you know, that's that's always something you worry about. But like I said, any any 
nutter on methamphetamines or pick a drug, you know, or, you know, maybe they were, had something screwy as a kid when they were little. It, that's just as liable. I guess it's probably a little less liable to happen to a random person on the street than a cop, especially if you're not out at like two in the morning. Um, that's obviously, you know, I think that's any spouse's concern with a, a family member or a spouse in, in law enforcement. Uh, but I, like on a daily basis, um, primarily I'm mostly just worried about who she works for because, you know, God forbid she runs into another manager that, you know, you want to talk about like beta male, like you, you run into a few of those who can't deal with Jackie, who's opinionated and is not afraid to communicate her opinions, um, or um, doesn't deal well, you know, with managing that. Um, that's what makes my life miserable is when, when she's miserable at work, you know, I try to tell her to leave her bullshit at work and you step through the door and, you know, you're just back to normal Jackie. Um, but it's not always easy to do that. Uh, which I understand. So uh, mostly just making sure that she continues to enjoy working for her team and her management, uh, because that has the most direct effect on uh, whether I can relax in the evenings or not. That is one of the most reasonable answers I've ever heard in my life. Thank you, Bob. Um, See that, Jackie? I'm reasonable. Remember <laughs> that. Right he is. You know, I worried. I worried before I started doing that, this that uh something's going to come up and i'm gonna cause some kind of fight but i i think we're good yeah you're, you're <laughs> yeah. Good. well as long as we steer away from uh athletics and training i think we'll be fine okay <laughs> next topic athletics and training <laughs> now i'm i'm curious I, I have a few more questions uh we, we can get back to those can i take a, a stab in the dark about what kind of sports team you guys are on in college it's got to be sure. like cross cross uh, country right it, it, Isn't like, that like attempted assault? What? That take a stab in the dark. Shut up. <laughs> like that. Hey yo, there's the dad joke. Oh god, he's just full of them. I've been waiting all my life, dude. When you when your first kid was born, which I know you guys have a, a new one, did did the nurse come in like they did uh, at at the hospital and give you your first pair of New Balances, or did you go out and buy them? He owned them. Oh, I, I inherited when my dad died. I took probably three or four of them that he had. <laughs> uh, so that's what I use for yard work now. You know the power. Oh yes, a hundred percent. Yep. <laughs> Hell yeah. I what? I don't even know what we we're talking about. So oh yeah, oh, cross you... country. Was it cross country? No. You guys just struck me as like weird people that run all the time. Like you guys just go for jogs for fun. That's definitely that's Jackie. She loves running. I. Right. That sounds exhausting to me. There's nothing about that that sounds interesting. Yeah, I run. He does not. He runs, far, he, how, he plays soccer, but. How far do you run a day? Are you like that five miles a day person or. So I don't run every day. Um, I run probably once a week. Um, but like as part yeah, of. Yeah, but you my, do the knockoff CrossFit bullshit. <laughs> yeah. I do. So th there's running as part of that knockoff CrossFit shit. So well, what's you run probably a mile or two a day at least. Yeah. yeah. What's knockoff CrossFit bullshit? It's like 
high intensity interval training. So it, it has weight training in it and there might be some like Olympic lifting moves or power lifting moves that are incorporated in the workout, but it's, it's an hour circuit class, if you will, but it's definitely not like an orange theory fitness or, you know, it's not curves. It's, it's, it's CrossFit with less gymnastics and Olympic lifting and more running and kind of, uh, running based movements. Yeah. It's like, sound it's, bad. It, no, it, it's, what's your problem, Bob? Well, I got to cut that out because I'm <laughs> job, All right. Bob. it reminds me of my former sport and there's nothing about that. That is interesting to me. Good save. Good save. That. I like it. Beautiful. Um, all right, we got a couple more questions, and I'm going to let you guys go take care of your little kid there. He's doing fine. He's just uh, playing by himself in his room, making a mess and rubbing his belly. I mean, that's <laughs> that's usually what I do most days, too, is make a mess, <laughs> rub my belly. Yeah. Now, you guys said oh, yeah. something interesting before the uh, we started recording, that your baby has a love of Whitney Houston and ABBA. Yes. What the fuck? Correct. How did that, where did that come from? Uh, well, like most things that are odd in this household, that comes from me. Um, I was basically just trying to like find some goofy, simple songs that he might like when he was little. And, um, like a lot of times I'll just put on random stuff that pops into my head. And so I put on, I think dancing queen and he just was like, he went from whiny to just like staring in amazement. So then um, I tried to find some other music videos. It's weird because ABBA has like three or four music videos from the 70s and they're Swedish. So, of course, it's like weird in general. Um, and then I think the YouTube algorithm popped up Whitney Houston and he that's like his new favorite. Um, there's a few other random ones in there, though. He likes um, the uh, Boy George song or Karma Chameleon <laughs> one of them. Um, trying to think uh there's like there's probably nine or ten so i i actually took him back home by myself at a year 13 months basically so it would it was about eight hours round trip with you know intersecting flights and he basically just watched those mute those 10 music videos straight for eight hours each way and was like the easiest kid to ever deal with and He's usually not because he wants to be free and run everywhere. Um, so knock on wood that we have that because that's the only thing that kept him sane and me sane uh, for 16 hours of travel at a year old. Yeah, we did. He got introduced to Cocoa Melon on a, a road trip where my daughter was sitting next to him and we're like, just play something on the phone. And she, I don't know. I don't know why she knew about Cocoa Melon, but she played Cocoa Melon and, and he was like fucking hooked. And then we had to wean him off the cocoa melon. And then uh, then we got into the Wiggles for a little bit. I don't know if you guys know about the Wiggles. I, I actually enjoy the Wiggles more than I think I should. That's a story for a different day. Um, <laughs> and now we just kind of like. I'm, I know. I know Uncle Wiggly. That was a board game. Oh, no, no, no. The Wiggles are like an Australian like kids group. But I, I don't know. I, I think they're all right. And yeah. um, and then now, you know, I turn on like PBS and like there's like Daniel Tiger and Arthur and, you know, he plays and I, I think the TV thing is kind of dying, which is good. But it is kind of funny, the the weird shit that little kids get into. It is. And I've, 
like when we when I was back visiting my brother and his daughter, who's about a year older, she was watching the Cocomelon like all day and he didn't care about it at all. But you put on some Whitney and he's like <laughs> transfixed. So I'm uh, I'm waiting for the day. I, I have a bunch of uh, I have the old Ninja Turtles. I have uh, the old Spider-Man cartoons. So I'm just waiting for him to get a little bit older so we can watch all of those all day. Yeah, he actually my my little one. He there's a Disney show with like the young Spider Man, and it has like you know the Miles Morales and Gwen Stacy too. And he you know he watches that and he'll just say Spy Spy Spidey, which is one of his favorite words. So Spider Man is good, I think, for a nice. young brain. I believe. I could be wrong. I'm no parent or anything. Now, <laughs> I guess getting back to what we were talking about, uh, this is more for you, Jackie. Do you have any words for any gals that are thinking about getting into law enforcement? Um, I would say do it for the right reasons. Um, don't do it because you want, you know, to be having a freaking OnlyFans by the end of training. Um, <laughs> like the amount of bullshit I see with girls like who aren't, squared away and doing that kind of shit it, it pisses me off because it, it reduces our credibility i'll just go out and say that yeah um, but know know why you're doing it um you know and and remember that and stick to that and live it and then also when you go to the academy right you're you're you know you're getting fit you're in training whatever don't just let it fizzle after your academy. Um, my department has a paid workout program. I know we're in the minority in that throughout the nation, but it speaks for itself because we don't have a lot of soup sandwich slops running around our department. Um, so I would say stay fit. Don't be, you know, don't be a bump on a log. Um, be useful, find work, um, you know, do things the right way because your reputation in law enforcement precedes you when you go places, when you go to conferences, when you go to trainings, when you interact, you know, at the jail or vice versa, um, when the, you know, the jailer, if you're going into corrections, you know, same thing when officers interact with you, um, do good work, be honest. Don't be, just don't be a fucking mess. <laughs> I think that's that applies. Nice. I think that applies for everybody, but the wise, wise words for sure. And it's so easy. Well, two things. It's very easy to get fat. There's nothing easier than getting fat in this on this planet. And but the second thing that's just as easy is getting a bad reputation. Both of those things are very hard to shed. Yeah, it's hard to shake bad jackets, especially if you're in a you know a medium to smaller area and law enforcement. Like I equivocate. I went to a small high school. And I grew up in a small town. And so I am prior to law Were you living in a lonely world? Um, <laughs> sorry. Yeah. There weren't, there it's weren't a journey song. Like, yeah, I, I know. There weren't very many streetlights, so. <laughs> <laughs> well played. So, um, <laughs> but yeah, like you, you go and do something stupid or you sleep with a guy on your, your shift or your part, department, whatever. Like, fine, cool, whatever. But like, don't expect for it to remain a secret. Don't expect your business to not get around. Like, that's why I'm a firm believer in don't shit where you eat. Like, 
a hundred and ten percent. And if you do, then then you totally you're you're gonna pay the price, whatever that may be. People are gonna you know talk about you, and just don't give people a negative reason to talk about you. And that's my that's my thing. And then be a good partner. You know. Well, let me throw this out there, and this isn't one of their questions, but maybe this can be helpful for some folks because. Like I said at the beginning of the podcast in my very rambly monologue, which I hate that word. That makes me sound like a douchebag. But when, like for a female cop that is single and is, you know, looking for somebody to, you know, they're looking to settle down. Do you have any advice on like the things to look for in a dude outside of law enforcement that may be understanding of the law enforcement uh, I don't know how to put it, but the would be understanding of, of a female in law enforcement that could handle the kind of the strange pressures that comes with being a police husband. I think that if, if, if there was a female cop out there looking for somebody who was not in law enforcement, um, I think the quality, the number one quality that you have to look for is that they are secure within themselves that they're not going to lose their fucking mind about you sharing a car or riding with or working with or wrestling or rolling with another dude. Um, if they, if that is just going to nut them up and they're going to be, you know, uptight about it, or they're going to, you know, have a problem with it and not want to discuss it, or they're going to be passive aggressive and use it for ammo later during a fight, whatever, like then that person shouldn't be for you. Um, you need to have somebody that's secure enough in themselves and with a relationship that they can, they can handle being with somebody in a female law enforcement. The second thing that goes in tandem with that, in my opinion, is a good communication, open, honest, direct, no surprises, um, like you heard Bob say earlier, I'm, there's really not a lot of surprises with my opinions and my thoughts on things. And that's because I fucking hate surprises. Like my face, my face says more than my mouth ever will. So like, if I, if I don't like something and I'm taken by surprise, it's, it's usually not a good reaction. <laughs> um, so I, anyway, I digress. Um, I, I think communication and just having a, a good, you know, secure person within themselves. Those are the, the, the main qualities that I think somebody would need to look for. And, uh, and third of all, get somebody with a lot of money. Don't get caught money. <laughs> come like, on. And it's funny because like that comes up, like that's come up, you know, to me before like, Oh, like, is your husband worried? You know, you'd hook up with another cop. It's like, damn, if I was going to step out on Bob, I'm going with like Warren Buffett. Like I ain't Did going to say all. the crown jewel of Omaha, Nebraska, the guy that probably can't get it up. Warren Buffett. Come on. Hey, I'm a little pride. I mean, you, you marry first for love and then you marry for money. Right. Hey, at least you're honest. I mean, let's be real here. At least you're honest. I, <laughs> I do appreciate that. Yeah. So like, and, and to be honest and being perfectly honest, I don't got time for that shit. Like, come on. But anyway, ain't nobody yeah, got that. time for that. Well, and I think that's a whole other can of worms on why people cheat and all that crazy shit. Bob, before I get to the last question like this, I, 
do you have any words of wisdom? And I don't know how many people in my audience are, are this guy, but how many like words of wisdom? Well, I guess, you know, there's guys that are married to female cops anyway, that are cops or whatever, but do you have any words of wisdom to the guys out there, how to be a good husband to a female police officer? Well, I think I would, I would probably <clears throat> echo Jackie just in the sense of like, if you're insecure about, you know, your wife, wanting to run around and chase meth heads all night and be envious of that. I'm not really sure why you would be, but you know, think, I would say, Hey, think about like why you're actually upset and then communicate that or go to therapy and figure it out. Um, but you know, the biggest thing, and this is how I've always been is just, uh, you know, if, if my wife is happy, then that makes my life a, a million times easier um, you know, we never have problems with like, Hey, I want to go do something like go play sports or go to the gym or even go out and have some beers with my friends because, um, I spend most of my week, you know, helping her so that, or I'll like take the kid or do something if she wants to go out with her friends, um, because a, we communicate ahead of time when we, when we want to do that and B, uh, you know, if, if I, if she gets to go do stuff with her friends and I get to go do stuff with my friends and there's never any problems that way. Um, and I, I mean, I don't know everyone's marital situation, but I'm sure there's plenty of husbands who want to go do stuff with their friends or get out of the house or, you know, get on a steady gym schedule and life gets crazy. So as long as you're communicating with your wife like I said it's probably not a lot of guys will do this but like I've just been packing her lunches for so long and I go grocery shopping because then I can get the food I want and make the food I want and have enough of the food I want that it's not a problem um and you know basically I just try to control what I can control so that when I can when I go when I want to go do the stuff I want to do which is I have a pretty aggressive sports slash you know gym or training schedule it there's not any animosity there because um i'm also doing the things at home to help her so that when i want to go do stuff for myself you know she's more than happy to be like all right go disappear for four hours and you know when you get home just oh the number one rule for all husbands out there regardless of whether you're married to a cop or not just for women in general uh Jackie calls it the, the feed a bitch program. Always come home with food. If you've been gone for a while, even if you're running late, call her or just surprise her with food. And that usually tends to smooth things over. Um, I always, every time I'm coming home, if I've been gone for two, three hours, four hours, bring home food. Can't hurt. I would name the podcast, the feed a bitch program, but I think it would get taken down, but that is fantastic. But to, to kind of paint what you just said with a broad brush, are, are you trying to tell me that there's a give and take in relationships? That's wild. <laughs> Absolutely. Insane. Well, let's not go that far. I mean, we all know, you know, the wife's supposed to be at home and doing everything, but uh, that's right. yeah, that's you right. know, <laughs> practically speaking, unless, unless you're making Warren Buffett money or something similar where there's the understanding that, Hey, I provide the food and, and the nice house and, you know, the vacation home and the travel and all that stuff. 
um, for most other people, you know, it's going to be some kind of a give and take. And I'm not saying we have by any means the perfect marriage. No one does. Um, but I believe strongly that if you find someone who shares your values, especially more than your interests, we definitely have the same value set. In fact, we probably don't like anything each other likes on TV or activity wise. Um, but because we share the same set of values, I think it makes things easier because we communicate what we want and we both come from the understanding of here's what we prioritize, whether it be, you know, what values we want to instill in our kids or, you know, Jackie's really big on physical fitness in terms of she wants our kid to grow up with both parents uh, on a, you know, exercise program that are in shape, that are, you know, able to handle themselves and um, are physically active because, you know, my parents certainly weren't. And, you know, her, her father is like Mr. All-World Athlete. But, you know, for, for us, a big thing that we care about is sports and athletics and movement and activity. And that's what we want our kid to grow up around. So if I want to go to the gym or she wants to go to the gym, that's like on our high priority list of our kid will see that and want to emulate that and be active. And, you know, I'm, I'm pretty lazy. So it works out for me with like something like video games where Jackie doesn't want video games in the house. And for me, video games uh, takes up a lot of energy. So I'm just as fine to say, okay, you know, I like video games, but you can get sucked into that pretty quickly where that's like your whole night and you haven't slept and it requires a lot of thought. Now it's not like Nintendo where you can just pop into Mario and, you know, start playing. Um, so, you know, as long as you're communicating that stuff and you're, you kind of share your vision for how you want your family to be and how you want your relationship to be. And there is actually a give and take in that both on the male side and the female side, because Lisa serves Jackie certainly uh, has plenty of give in that side too. You know, hopefully it'll work out for you. Now, the last question I have in regards to relationship stuff, and then we'll get into the, some of the dumb stuff I like to ask people. And it's very cringy, but I, I think I'm obligated to because enough people asked. Do the handcuffs come into play? No. Good. They're disgusting. That's fucking weird. You know, I think that's probably a discussion for another day. I think like there's people that are like really into that stuff and fucking good for them. But I, I, God, that's such like an overplayed joke at this point. Is it not? It really is. And like, there's honestly, you've made many a meme about like you walk into the store and somebody is always like, Oh, it wasn't me. Well, the same can be said for any female officer that's walked on scene and be like, I'd let you handcuff me any day. <laughs> and it's like, oh, fuck. Like, that's the last item I would ever want to bring into a bedroom. Bob, do you have any thoughts on that? Uh, I just, I'm not into that stuff, I guess. It doesn't <laughs> strike me as interesting, but I guess, you know, I'm also a whatever floats your boat guy, so I'm not going to judge in any capacity but it's not my um cup of tea if you will okay now i i'm not going to go into my full repertoire of weird shit i ask people but i'm beyond curious about one thing 
Now, I I like to ask people about police cars and what they think the best type of police car is. But since we have a non-cop on the podcast, I'm curious if I'm curious if civilians have any opinion on it. Bob, do you have any opinion on what the best police car is of the modern era? Well, it's got to be the Crown Vic, right? Hell yeah! Woo! That's what I'm talking about. Bob, you're the fucking best guest I've ever had. Oh, wow. Well, I appreciate that. Also, write that down, Jackie. (laughs) (laughs) Jackie, what's, what's your opinion on that question? What's the best police car of all time? I mean... The the Crown Vic is great, um, but are you talking about in current in our in well, our current did you, available? Did you ever get the chance to drive Old Glory, or was that so before we, your time? So no, my department still has them, um, but there's very few of them, and um, they're reserved as either pool cars for our school resource officers, or they're like our canine, like kind of like if your car's getting worked on our canine cars um so they they are pretty cool um my agency has also gone from we had a fleet of tahoes and they're kind of starting to retire those and then we moved to uh explorers in the last year uh gross yeah they're they're super fast and like they're cool that way but like the tahoes were bigger so it was nicer when you had like a, a bigger, you know, in custody to deal with. Um, you know, I, the- you brought that up and I, I've been thinking about this a lot. And I think it's a, uh, something that's been neglected in my, all my conversations about police cars on this podcast. Let's be honest, the Vic, especially if you had like the, a Vic with the old seats that wasn't, you know, the uh, plastic seats. Mm-hmm. It sucked getting somebody in the back of the car that was bigger than like six foot t- tall. It was tight. The Tahoes and the Explorers, it is so much easier to put prisoners in there. I, I will say that for sure. I, I agree. I would, with the, the Explorers, it's definitely smaller than the Tahoes, but I mean, it, it works. It works. Did you prep Bob for that? You're like, hey, he's going to ask you about a Crown Vic. Or no, he, I didn't. I don't think I did. Did I? No, I just happened to poorly follow poorly police memes. Oh, and uh, I watch a lot of TV. Okay, good shit. All right. Well, I think on that note, we're gonna we're gonna draw towards the conclusion of the podcast. But something I like to ask people at the end of the podcast is if they have any words of wisdom, and it can be about anything. Uh, I'll start with you, Bob. Do you have any imparting words of wisdom to the world that you'd like them to hear? Um, don't be a communist. <laughs> Again, the best guest I've ever had. Jackie, do you have any imparting words? Anything wisdom? else? Or? No, that's <laughs> okay. that's all that needs to be said. I mean, I could just basically end my podcast forever. We've solved the world. Don't be a communist. But Jackie, do you have any imparting words of wisdom for the millions of people that listen to the podcast? Um, don't sweat the petty stuff and don't pet the sweaty stuff. I feel like you saw that in like a high school yearbook somewhere and you're like, I'm going to wait till the right moment to uh, get this one out. Or was that like your quote in your high school yearbook? No, my quote in my high school yearbook was like Fiesta forever. Did you have a Ford Fiesta? No, I I really liked that. uh, What is it? All night long by Lionel Richie. 
Oh, I listen to good music, so I don't know what that is. <laughs> oh, I, I, I do have to, I do have to tell this story before we get off the thing, though. So yeah, let's do it. Uh, oh my god. Okay, so the best part about uh, Jackie becoming a, a cop is I learned her deepest, darkest secret while she was going through backgrounds. She kept this from me for fifteen years, uh, twelve years, pretty much. So. Uh, I guess with the backgrounds, you fill out like a questionnaire and then they give you a polygraph, right? Does, does this sound correct? I don't know. Yeah, that, that's a very generic question. what happens. I think it's different, different places. But yeah, that's what I did. So when she was when she was going through that, there's a question on there about smoking weed. So when I first met her, uh, she was I was. I'm not a weed smoker. I, you know, I tried it like once, but it wasn't for me. I'm, I'm basically a one drug kind of guy. I like beer. So, uh, but she, when I met her, she, we went to a school that was very um, pro marijuana, if you will. And so we would be at places all the time where she was offered or we were offered weed and we both, I just say no, but she'd be like, no, I did that in high school, but I don't do that anymore. Um, and so for as long as we were dating and then we got married, it was always, even when we were married, it was, uh, <laughs> Hey, you know, I used to smoke weed, but I don't anymore. It's not my thing. So we're going through this questionnaire and I'm like, well, what are you going to put on the weed question? And she's going to put what she said, I'm going to put no. And I said, well, aren't they going to give you a polygraph? And she said, yeah. And I said, well, aren't they going to be able to tell you're lying? Cause then you smoke weed in high school. And she looks at me like deadpan and goes, I have to tell you something. I've been lying to you. And I'm like, what? And she goes, I never smoked weed in high school. And I'm like, why would you lie to me about that? <laughs> like, I don't even smoke weed either. Why would you lie to me about smoking weed? She's like, I don't know. I just, it made me feel kind of lame. And I don't know if Jackie wants to add anything, but I learned my wife did not smoke pot by her uh, going through backgrounds to become a cop. You had me in the first half. I thought that was going a complete different direction. <laughs> I did too. Trust me. That was, that was the number one surprise of our marriage was her lying to me about smoking weed. Jackie, is there, you got anything to add on to that? I mean, he's not lying. <laughs> it's, it's really fucking lame. Okay. So this is unrelated, <laughs> but I, I got to know Bob, cause I've learned a lot about you. You, you hate commies. Also you like the Ninja Turtles. Beer. What is your favorite beer? Um, my go-to is usually Keystone Light. I've I've moved on, so I think a lot of young men go through. They drink the for volume in college, and everyone my age now at least is into this craft beer bullshit. Uh, and I went through that for a little bit uh, after college, but I'm at a point now where it's just volume again. Slash, I want to have something light where I can have a couple and not worry about, you know, anything. Cause the biggest thing now is like, you know, since my wife is in law enforcement, like I'm not even worried about anything related to getting a ticket at this point. It's like, I need to just steer clear of Johnny law in general. Cause I want, I don't want to hear about it from my wife. Like at this point, just lock me up and throw away the key, cut off visiting rights. I don't want anything to do with it. So, um, <laughs> If I have some beers, it's it's usually just like a Keystone Light or a lot of places, like if I'm at a bar, don't have Keystone Light. So I'll go Coors Light, which is like a step up. But my philosophy is if you can really learn to like 
the really, you know, cheap, crappy stuff, you'll never be unhappy because anywhere you go will be a step up in terms of what the selection is. That's why I drink my coffee black too, because then you're never in a situation where you need something and it's not available or it's a step down for you. Uh, coffee black is the way to go, except I'm a basic bitch when it's pumpkin spice time, but that's a story for a different day. What do you think about Yingling? I'm a big fan. Um, you know, I don't know if, I don't think it's made its way out West yet, but, um, you know, when I was, uh, after college, I did a lot of traveling for work. And so a lot of these local areas would have their own kind of beer. And so Yingling was like a cool thing to have when you were traveling on the East coast you couldn't get it on the west coast so it was like a little treat and then i think um what's the colorado beer fat tire was like a thing back then too so like yeah, you got fat you, tire. when you went out west you could get fat tire like oh it's so cool and there's a, there's a few other ones like that but i'm a big yingling fan it's it's quite delicious i'll have it when i'm out in florida or something it's always nice to to get that when i'm out there like shiner when you're in texas uh things like that I have some bootleg yingling and I'm kind of afraid when it becomes nationwide, it won't be a special, but I hope I'm wrong. Yeah. I mean, uh, that's kind of what happened with fat tire, right? I mean, it used to be kind of a big deal when you got some and now it's just kind of everywhere and you don't even notice it anymore. If, uh, if you're in Colorado, I would highly recommend Breckenridge Brewing Company avalanche fucking great beer. I'll have to check it out, but I highly recommend against going on the course tour. That was the most disappointing thing I've ever done in my life. One of them. I, when I used to live out there, I did the Budweiser tour, but I don't think we ever made it to Coors, but I was little. So I don't, I don't it was really disappointing. They, they just give you like a little handheld computer thing and you just walk around and press buttons. It really wasn't. That's uh, stupid. All right. We've probably bored everyone with our beer talk, but uh, I, feel I know like, Jackie's bored. I can hear it from upstairs. Uh, yeah, I could hear the sigh across the nation. But you guys, I honestly, I really appreciate you guys coming on. I think this was a really fun and enlightening episode. And uh, not to toot you guys' horn, but I think there's a lot of people that could learn a lot from you guys as far as being reasonable and the give and take and all that good stuff. So um, everybody coming up on the podcast, stay tuned. I got some uh, messages at the end. and. Uh, that's it. So hang on. Oh, hello there. Are you enjoying this elegant podcast? I enjoy listening to this extremely well-produced podcast, sipping yingling out of a poorly made police memes pint glass, or sipping tea out of a PMPM mug. Of course, I must have on my poorly made police memes shirt and socks while making love to myself while listening to the podcast. You can be like me and purchase these items in the poorly made police memes teespring shop. Hmm. Good day, sir. All right, a couple quick things. Hope you guys enjoyed the podcast. At the end of the podcast, if I have anything to say, it'll be here. So I'm not taking up a bunch of time in the beginning, like I said. So the weight loss challenge, what we're not talking about right now, that will be back here. And I just wanted to give a couple quick programming notes for the future of the podcast season two is the same it's still fucking me don't get weird about it still plan on doing kind of the same thing talking to guys and gals all across the country i'm gonna throw in a couple different types of episodes here and there just to keep me sane and you know varieties the spice of life and then another thing is the podcasts are somewhat timely i i've run into some problems where people flake out or i've 
there's actually a podcast I recorded that went very south and I had to do something else. So I'm going to try and stay a little bit ahead on the podcast. So we'll see if it is an issue or not as far as being timely. If it is, then I'll deal with that then. But I don't think you guys should notice a difference. Just, you know, recording one or two ahead at a time. We'll see. Let me know. But as always, my DMs are open. If you guys have any complaints or feedbacks, I'm I'm here for you. So let me know. The other thing I, I'm not sure what I'm going to do is I have my little outro where I beg and plead for money. I uh, I don't know what I'm going to do with that. I, I've been talking for a long time about recording it because it's always awkward when I have a guest and I'm like, hang on, let me do this little spiel, but I might just keep it as, as it is. But with that said, you know what to do. Click the link, all that good stuff. Uh, I get people, uh, you know, gas is expensive. People's money's tight, so... You know, if you could throw a couple bucks, help this thing go on, I would greatly appreciate it. But if not, I totally understand. Other ways to support the podcast, you know, merch. I'm going to try and come up with new stuff on a monthly basis. That's kind of the plan for this year. Do a, a monthly type shirt. We'll see how that goes. And of course, take care of the sponsors of the podcast. And of course, take care of the sponsors of the podcast because, you know, without them, I would not have the uh, ability to do this. And uh, I'd have to go get a real job. All right, you guys know what this means. Well, we've come to the conclusion of my first little rambling bit here. It's all bullshit. And remember, I love this. Bye-bye.